It's just like life. You never know what's coming up. But Jesus, we can depend on him. <clears throat> he is so faithful. And you know, I get caught in all these things too. I'll get to looking around and see who's not here. And it's like the Lord says, uh, are you more interested in my kingdom or building your church? So, I'll ask you that. Proverbs 22, 4 says, The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honors, and life. And Jesus came preaching and modeling the kingdom of God. That's what he came for, to declare the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God's in Scripture over a hundred times. The church is in there twice. He, we come to church to learn how to go proclaim the kingdom outside of this place. And I bless you as you do that. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages teaching him in Matthew 9.35. Proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. That's why we preach and I declare Jesus Christ as Lord. He is Lord. He is Lord over your life. He's bigger than your situation. He's bigger than the obstacles that face you. The things that, how do you do it? How do you overcome? Listen, you cry out to Him. You look to Him. You press into Him. <clears throat> there's something you need you to learn, you study it out. But it's a faith walk. It is a, life is a test. I want to show you, tell you one of mine this morning, but Ephesians 1, verse 13. If you've been saved, if you've been born again, in him you also, <clears throat> after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were seated with Him, you were seated in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Let me say it right. You were sealed with Him. Excuse me. You were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise. Listen, the Word of God is true. He just wants to get it where it's true in our lives. That we can believe it. We can live out what He has for us. David and I were talking this morning. But see, the things God's doing in the earth is what we're doing. What we're believing Him to do. You do what you're supposed to do and you believe Him to do for the impossible. That's why I love Psalms uh, 138.8 You, O Lord, will accomplish what concerns me. Now, I've memorized this verse recently and it's Psalm 16.8 and it said, I have set the Lord continually before me. Because He is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Set the Lord. I've set the Lord continually before me. Listen. 
It's something we have to learn how to do. We learn how to walk in the world. We learn the things we grew up in, whether it's at home or at school, whether it was good or bad. We developed those habits. And then we come to Christ and He puts His life in us and our spirit gets, flesh, gets saved, but this flesh does not get saved. It is a battle to get it to respond to what God wants to do. It's the battle of a lifetime to say no to your flesh. Whether, I think I need to get something else to eat. Or I need to go just do what I want to do. I mean, there's just battles. And yet, He gives us a free will. But He wants us to get where we're led by our spirit instead of our flesh. And it, and it is a process. But look at Revelations 11. 11.15 The seventh angel sounded. There were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ, and He will reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who sat on the throne before God fell on their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give you thanks, O God the Almighty, who are and who were because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. All the nations were enraged and your wrath came and the time came for the dead to be judged. Time to reward your bondservants, the prophets and the saints and those who fear your name, the small and the great and destroy those who destroy the earth. And the temple of God which is in heaven was open. And the ark of the covenant appeared in heaven. And there were flashes of lightning and sounds of peals of thunder and an earthquake and a great hailstorm. Back to verse 15, that second part. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and His Christ and He shall reign forever and ever. He is over all the earth. You can read a scripture that talks about Satan being the God of this world. He is only the God of the lost. Jesus Christ defeated him. Amen. This is talking about when this happened, this was in A.D. 70. This was when the kingdom of God was taken away from the Jews and it was given to the Christians. This is when the temple was destroyed. Uh, Matthew 21, 43. Therefore I say to you, this is a prophecy that Jesus Christ gave. I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing fruit of it. Jesus prophesied that. He even prophesied it'll happen in your generation. He died in, what, 33? A.D. 70. That's when the temple fell. That's when the army surrounded Jerusalem, starved out the people. The temple was taken down. That's why in verse 19, the temple of God, which is in heaven, was open. Listen, it's open now. That's where Jesus is seated on the throne. And the ark of this covenant appeared in the temple. There were flashes of lightning 
Lord, flash it in here. Sounds and peals of thunder and earthquake and a great hailstorm. You know what? Jesus prophesied that. He prophesied these things. Lord, your kingdom is complete. Verse uh, I'm looking at too many verses here. The temple of God was opened in heaven. But the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and His Christ. And He will reign forever and ever. Listen, he, His kingdom is not going to be overthrown. We can look at the world. We're too concerned about the world situation. Listen, Jesus is more concerned about his kingdom than he is the government's. And when the kingdom of God, when we, the kingdom of God, raise up enough, the kingdoms of this earth get dealt with because we deal with them. Whether it's voting them out or God takes them out. And you saw the news this week. God keeps exposing things. Listen, does he not ever expose anything in your life? And said, deal with it. I've saw national ministers that didn't deal with their dirty laundry. And God just, he don't care to embarrass you if you won't deal with it. Well, it's the same with the governments of the earth. They will be exposed. They will be exposed. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of God. That's why we can preach the kingdom. He said, it's here, it's now. See, we're still waiting on Jesus. What else do we need? What does he need to do that he hasn't done? When he says, I've already given you everything you need that pertains to life and godliness. He really says, rule and reign. What is man that you're mindful of him or son of man that you take thought of him? Yet you've made him a little... Lower than God, but you've crowned him with glory and majesties, and you've put all things under his feet. Come on, it's ours. We just bless you, Lord. The kingdom of the world has become, it's not going to be, it has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. That's why the 24 elders fell on their faces and worshiped God. It says, Your great power. Verse 17, we give you thanks, O Lord God the Almighty, who are and who were, because you have taken your great power and you have begun to reign. That's when he began to reign. Now, just turn the page. Chapter 12. Look at uh, verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. The dragon and his angels waged war. Okay, so there's a war. And they were not strong enough. And there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon who was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth. He was thrown down. 
Do you notice that? He's not going to be thrown down. He was thrown down. It's history. And his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives even when faced with death. Listen, this war took place in heaven when Jesus Christ died on the cross. You know, he appeared for 40 days or so to different people. When he took his seat in heaven, Satan got kicked out. And Jesus is on the throne. Satan's not on the throne. It says he was thrown down. He was defeated. He is. Only power he has is what you or I give him in our lives. I thought about Job here a while ago because it says he accused him in heaven. He, he was in heaven. He accused Job. But he's thrown down. But let me look at this verse before I forget it. Verse 17. So the dragon was enraged with a woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children. That's us. Those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. This war took place in heaven when Jesus Christ took his seat, when he ascended to heaven. That's when Satan was kicked out. That verse 10, now salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority in his Christ have come before Jesus Christ. How were people saved? Believing the Messiah would come. How do we get saved? Believing Jesus Christ has come. And that did not happen until his crucifixion, resurrection, until his ascension. That he was the victorious king. And he still is a victorious king. And he wants to be victorious in my life. He wants to be victorious in your life. But, but in life there are trials. In life there are troubles. Matthew 23, 38 says, Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. Behold, your house is being left to you desolate. Jesus prophesied that, that word to the Jews. He prophesied that before he left. Jesus prophesied that. See, that kingdom is turned over to us now. See, years ago I read an article. <clears throat> there's more Jews in America than there are in Israel. And there's some wealthy ones. And they had the temple built in sections here in America to ship over there. 
That's never happened. There's no need to rebuild that temple. There's no need for animal sacrifices. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, was the perfect sacrifice. Don't worry about building the temple. Where, where's the temple of God now? It's within us. But yet, why are there trials and temptations? Why did Job go through what he went through? God picked him out and he said, Hey, Satan seen my boy Job? He says, Yeah, but if you take your hand off of him, he said, Okay, I'll take my hand off, but you can't kill him. He was the wealthiest man. He had all kinds of animals and kids. And he lost them all in just a few days. His wife even said, why don't you just curse God and die? But he didn't. Then Satan said, yeah, but if you'd let me have him. He said, well, you can have him, but you can't kill him. You know, and he went through all kinds of health issues. But he didn't curse God. I mean, we're, we're going... Th I tell people all the time when they're talking about something that's really hard, I say, let me see your hands. You got holes in your hands where you've been nailed to the cross? Come on, we hadn't been through what he went through. He went through it for us. But there are trials and tribulations. As a kid, <clears throat> when we moved back to Oklahoma from Arkansas, we moved to Oshalata. And my dad opened the feed store in Ramona. And he had a roping horse stallion. Uh, we called him Skip. I guess his name was supposed to be Skipper, but he was just Skip to me. And my dad had roped on him. He at Little Rock. He went to the finals in the PRCA uh, in roping. But uh, I could ride him. Paul and I could ride him. I remember Paul and I and uh, on another kid riding him and there was a railroad track close to us and it went right to town that was closer and going around the roads and I remember three of us on him just running him wide open down through there I mean dad let us ride him I mean there was a I was in the sixth grade there was a roundup club grounds up there a mile or two away and uh, I remember one afternoon they were roping up there and Paul and I went up there and we'd take turns roping on old Skip well I don't think either one ever caught one but, I mean, that was just the way we grew up doing that. But we moved to Ramona. And um, just as the seventh grade started, I started at Oshalade and then we moved to Ramona. My dad never did. Every time we moved was in a school year. Let me say it that way. So one Saturday afternoon, he told me, he said, I want you to take old Skip and ride him back to your grandpa's place at Oshalade. And it, it wasn't maybe, I don't know, seven, eight, maybe ten miles. <clears throat> so I took off, and I knew the way. But I got to going not too far out of Ramona, <clears throat> and I thought, boy, that railroad track runs straight by his house. And I knew the road. I was going to have to go way around. So I just rode down beside the track. I was used to doing that. But I come to a trussle. You know what a railroad trussle is? And I couldn't get around it, and I didn't want to go back. So I got off, 
and started leading that horse across that trestle, and I didn't get very far until I realized I was in trouble. Because he didn't know to step on each one and not step between the ties. I couldn't get him forward, and I couldn't get him off. And there was a house probably this less than a half a mile, and I left him, and I ran over there, and got a guy who took me to town, got my dad and some other people, and we come out there. But old Skip had tried to get off, and he had fallen off, and it was pretty high, and he had a broke leg. And they had to put him down. But you know, uh, I remember going to school and seeing some of the guys, and I was dreading it because I thought, and I, I never did get much flack about it. And let me tell you, my dad never said anything to me about it. I made a mistake. I was wrong. I mean, you can have knowledge, but you need godly wisdom. But you know what it is? <clears throat> you know what that was? It's a shortcut. I took a shortcut. And sin is a shortcut. Fornification is a shortcut. That's not waiting on God to work out what you need. I'm going to make it happen on my own. That's what adultery is. That's what lying is. That's what cheating is. That's what being a Christian and not being a giver is. You're robbing God because He said the offering belongs to Him. See, we, we try all kinds of shortcuts and we wonder why God isn't the God that we read about in the book of Acts. Y'all not shouting me down on this. But shortcuts... Shortcuts. We like them. We like them. We don't want to pay the price. Jesus Christ didn't take a shortcut. He paid the price. He walked it out. He, he paid the price. Listen, He loves us. There's enough people right in here to change the world. He left it with leaven. And I, I know most of you know the Lord and most of you believe Him. But it's God that's working in us to will and work for His good pleasure. Look at the, how big the Arab nation is, how big the Jewish nation is. Father Abraham, Ishmael and Isaac. Abraham went down to Egypt and he come back with a servant girl I believe for Sarah and we've still got a war going on over that shortcuts God had Isaac planned but no, we can make this thing happen what's the shortcuts you're taking what is it see God will do everything you'll believe Him to do, but it's not always instant oatmeal or potatoes. Sometimes it's by faith you've got to walk it out. took Abraham 25 years to believe God, to call forth that child. 1 Corinthians says, Now concerning things, 1 Corinthians 8, 1, excuse me, Now concerning things sacrificed to idols, 
Well, there are idols. What are your idols? What are my idols? But that's really not what I want to talk about. We know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge makes arrogant. One says knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. Knowledge without godly wisdom is just flesh at its best. What are you doing with the life that God has given you? What are you doing to promote the kingdom of God? I've said this often. Most couples are trying to, men are trying to figure out this, how to make a living, get along with my wife, and raise these kids. And you've got to get past that to get in the kingdom of God. You've got to believe God can do that. You've got to believe God can do that. Listen, as a kid, I didn't worry about my folks. I remember we lived in Jacksonville for a while, Arkansas. And I worked at the school, helping sweep up afterwards, and I got a dollar and a half a week. And I'd blow, I mean, for a quarter, you could have more candy and pop and ice cream than you could eat. But I'd send a dollar home to my grandparents. They were saving it for me. And I remember my mom said one time, we might need that. You know, they probably did. But that never crossed my mind. A kid doesn't worry about those things and they shouldn't have to. Because, I mean, my folks, if I was... 10, they'd been 36 or 7 or something like that. I mean, that's young. But to me, they're old. But it's a test to believe God. It's a test to believe God. We moved back up here and my dad had gotten the feed business down there worked for a company and he came back up here and started one. He had a little old trailer. You wouldn't want to haul something in. We hauled a little skip back in. And he all feed around it to start with. He ended up one of the biggest feed businesses in Oklahoma, but he started on $500 of borrowed money. I don't know how he paid for the first train load, of car load of feed that come in because it come in by cars in. But you have to believe God. He is working in your life. It's Him. The kingdom of God, Jesus Christ, has got that settled. It is here. It is for now. There'll be more. In heaven, you won't have the battles you're having now. But there's tests here. There are tests. That's why I love Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. It won't help but just laying your Bible under your pillow. But learning what is that, there's a difference in what's good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. You want to be in the perfect will of God because you want what God has for you. See, the kingdom of God is now. Look at 1 Corinthians 6. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? I mean, the church needs to believe that. The church needs to believe that. 
I, I don't care who baptized you. I don't care what you said. If your heart hadn't been changed, if you don't want to serve God, you, you're wrong. You're backslidden. You're wrong with God. You either haven't been born again. I don't care who prayed with you, who talked to you about God. It's You've got to know that Jesus Christ lives within you. <clears throat> That's why the divorce rate's as high in the church as it is outside. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? That means they're not going to heaven. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, revelers, swindlers, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. <clears throat> Such were some of you. Such was I. But you were washed. You were saved, or you come back to, and you come back to God. You were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God. We've been changed. Have you been changed? It says you're a new creation in Christ. Are you a new creation? See, that's what it's about. Christ lives within you. Do you know He lives within you? you know the kingdom of God lives within you? You don't have to pray the man in the moon. He lives within you. The Holy Spirit lives within you. The Word says, Father God will come and make His abode in you. The Trinity, the Godhead lives within you. You've been bought with a great price. Lord, we bless you. We honor you. 1 Corinthians 6.19 Do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God and you're not your own. Say you're not your own. Say if, say if you're not your own, it doesn't make any difference what's going on. For you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. Years ago... <clears throat> An asphalt company came along and they wanted to pave that road down to barn. Well, it would be. I'd like to have. It wasn't worth spending the money to me, but they ran a leveler down through there. They come back and they said, boy, you've got a great foundation on that road. It'd be easy to do. I said, listen, bud, when you put gravel on a road for 50 years, you'll have a good foundation. <laughs> well, it's the same way in life. You don't, I don't remember what I read last week. I did write some of it down. But it helped me. I don't remember what I ate last week, but it was good and it helped me. And if what you read, what you've prayed, what you've heard, what you've heard, whether good or bad, affects you. And what you read and put in your life and when you quit talking about what's wrong instead of what's right, your life will start changing because the world wants to suck life out of you. And you've got friends you just need to walk away from because it's just, wah, 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 wah. It's just wrong. If you'll start telling them about Jesus, you won't have to leave them. 
They'll either want to get like you or they'll be gone. See, you build that foundation every day. Just like putting gravel on that road every year. What Jesus began by his death for me, he will perfect by his life in me. He's doing it. I love William Wallace's. Not every man dies, or every man dies, but not every man lives. Women, it's just the truth for you. Come on. Why don't you come on and do the things you know that there's something inside you that no man or woman can fix. No man or woman can fulfill your need. They can take care of you for a while, and we love the companionship and the intimacy and the fellowship, and that's great because God designed it. But you know what? There's still just something in me. We got ready to, we quit watching something last night, and Dixie was ready to go to bed, and I said, and we prayed together, but I said, I just need to stay out here and pray a little bit. You know, there, I just have to get alone with God. There's just something in me that's not right apart from Him. Because God built it. He made me that way. He made you that way. Only He can meet those needs. Andrew Murray says, The life in us is the life of the one who sits on the throne. And come on, we're not nearly evangelistic enough. 82% of people are likely to attend church if invited by a friend or relative. By a friend or relative. That's what Jesus said. As you go, be witnesses for me. As you go, be witnesses for me. Let me read you about three more verses or portions of Scripture here. 1 Timothy 6.13 This is Paul challenging Timothy. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Jesus Christ who testifies the good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep the commandment without stain or reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Keep the commandments of Jesus, which he will bring about at the proper time. He who is the blessed only sovereign. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, king of kings and lord of lords. He's the king. You know, while he was on earth, he rode a donkey, but he's coming back on a white horse. While he was on earth, they waved, a few people waved the palm branches on him. I'm telling you, he's coming back with 10,000. He's not coming back with a crown of thorns. He's coming back with the king of all kings on him. He is a king. Is he your king? Is he your king? Revelation 17, 14. These will wage war against the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them. Because he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And those who are with him are called the chosen and the faithful. Are you coming back with him? Yes. Are you called chosen? Are you called faithful? Are you faithful? Are you chosen? Are you called? Who is that if it's not us? We are, that's a call on our lives. Revelation 19, 16. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written. King of kings. 
and Lord of Lords. He is who He says He is. I challenge you today to let Him be who He says He is in your life. Let's just stand. He's worthy to be praised. Come on, offer up praise and thanks to Him. Listen, if you can't, you need to come and repent this morning. Listen, the altars are open. Just come and let Him be King of kings. Come let Him be Lord of lords in your life. What have you got that's too difficult for Him to handle? He who parted the sea. He who went to the cross for us. Who paid the ultimate price. What's too difficult for Him? Let me tell you, the biggest thing is unbelief. Unbelief. You're satisfied with things like they are. You're not willing to change because the flesh has demonic strongholds. It wants to be who he is when he wants to be or she. The flesh doesn't want to bow to Jesus. I said earlier, your spirit gets saved, but you've got to work out salvation into our flesh because the flesh wants to rule and control. Just come let Jesus be Jesus. What if He came back today? What if the heavens split open? Listen, Jesus... Sin is what Jesus, why he went to the cross, to deal with sin. Sin is still wrong. It's wrong for a Christian. Yes, we sin, but we can be forgiven. But if you've got a sin that continues to lead you the wrong way, you need to come to Jesus. You need to come to Jesus. Just come. I promise you, He loves you. I want to stand before Him and hear Him say, Well done. Come in. After death, there's not time to repent. Repentance is part of the Christian life. When we sin, we repent. We ask for forgiveness. We get restored. We quit taking shortcuts. We bless you. We bless you. I read two two or three prophetic words that Jesus gave. He told the Jews their house was going to be left desolate because they didn't recognize Him. We best recognize Him. He talked about people that missed their day of of visitation by Him. He was there. 
the perfect lamb was there and they kept slaughtering their animals and overlooking him because they wanted to stay with the old way of life they refused to be changed every nation Jewish or Arabs they can all get saved just like you and I by repenting and recognizing Jesus Christ as God Almighty in the flesh so you can come to Jesus or leave he gives us a choice. He gives us a free will. Deal with it and he'll make it public. He'll expose you. Because he loves you, he wants to change you. He wants to make you like his son. Until Christ is formed in you. God's house in heaven was open. Jesus Christ took his seat. He's seated there today until all his enemies are put under his feet. We win. But until we take our place, bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Giving you was never in doubt. Any declarations this morning? What's God saying to you? shortcut Lord let us all have a revelation of how much Jesus really loves us he loves us whether we surrender or not. But surrender gets us on his side. 
It opens the heaven for us. I promise He loves you. Harold, you got anything to say? So she plays her Christian music every morning. It's not only Sundays, but it's it's every morning, really. And we do our Bible study things, and I don't know how long it takes a person to realize that they can open their ears and mind and listen to what God has to say, but she's really been working on me for the last couple of months, and I've heard, and I actually know it's Him instead of just my thoughts. So I was told this morning, as she's listening to her music, and I'm chasing the boys around, giving her a break while she can get ready, that he's with us, guaranteed. And I kind of made a trip after I told her about it, and then I started working on the Walmart satisfaction guaranteed. We'll be satisfied no matter what, as long as he's on our side. So that's all I got to say. Did you tell her what I told you the other day? Okay. All right. I told him God's going to use him. I started to pray for him, and God just really gave me a picture of that. Anything you want to say? I feel I'm working in my life, too, and I just, um, yesterday he told me that um, he's doing a transformation in me and a transformation in my family, and I'm just really thankful for you guys. And, your prayers and everything. Someone else? Are we finished? Lord, we thank you for this time. Lord, we just offer this service back up to you. Lord, that we could come and meet with you, but yet you go with us. You never leave us or forsake us. Lord, we thank you for these times to come together with our, with our family. I love my family, Lord. I thank you for everyone that's here. I speak blessings. Pray for Dixie this week. She proclaim the word Wednesday night. I pray you have an opportunity to share Jesus this week. Lord, we just thank you now. Lord, keep ministering to Henry and Jackson as we called out their names. Chris Wilson. Father, just thank you now. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you and I'm glad you're here tonight. Don't forget to text John. Get your name in the pot for that dinner. <laughs>